Rugby League fans, welcome to the NRL Back 3 podcast. Coach Squid and LJ here bringing you bands from the week that was and of course the week ahead. Boys, we just had round 22. That was absolutely ripper stuff and oh, how scary is it? Grand final is only about six weeks away. Far out this year's gone quick. But boys, we'll start off with you. Squid, how you doing this week, mate? Yeah, mate, uh, using this week as a recovery session. Pretty full-on weekend. My uh, little lads turned four, uh, so they celebrated their birthday, and then we celebrated uh, being parents for four years afterwards, and that went well early into the night. I had to get up on Sunday and lead the squid stags from the front, and we got it again. Another victory in the belt. Oh, another Vic Royale. The squid stags, mate, they've been on absolute fire this year, man. What can you attribute it to it? Well, I mean, you know, we got we got a little bit lucky in those first couple of games, but then once I actually showed the team Jared Croker's video, they just really amped up and they were like, fuck, let's do it for Croker. Let's do it for him. This is our year. <laughs> Boom. 100%. Now, LJ, mate, how are you doing? Fucking ecstatic. A package arrived at my house today and it's finally my new Penrith Panthers jersey. Woo! Oh, man, it feels good to be back in that top eight again and fighting for the minor premiership. (laughs) So, yeah, Panthers looking on track, boys, looking good, feeling good about it. But speaking of good, how good are things with you, Coach? Mate, how good this week? You cannot go past... The finals are here on the Supercoach, and uh, LJ and myself, of course, went head-to-head this week, and I absolutely obliterated you, didn't I, LJ? No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, i got to say, Garrick, Turbo, and Cody Walker all stepped up, getting over 100 points, so they really uh, set the bar. And then um, hanging out to see that double Coach Nato from LJ on the Instagram account this week. What's what's up with that, by the way? I thought it was going to happen Sunday. Mate, now, you're not, you're not going to believe me, but I actually recorded this three times. Now, I set my phone up, hit up a double hikunado, and then had pressed photo instead of video. So I went to do it again, same thing three times, and just woke up with my phone on the ground with a lot of cans around me. But I'll knock back one or two this week just to make up for it. Well, as long as we get it on video, mate, that's all that matters. So let's uh, give the fans what they want. <laughs> yeah. But how good for me this week, boys. Three in a row, and the faith is back with a vengeance so i know we're all getting hyped up really bring a little bit of excitement to the end of the finals just like what coach is saying it's all around here who's going to be in who's going to be out we're just gonna have to watch this space and see how much damage the warriors can actually do lj how good for you mate now speaking about damage that the warriors can actually do how was it when we saw old rihanna yames rihanna yames rihanna yames yeah great player oh rihanna yames getting manhandled by baby blue eyes walsh Oh, Walsh took exception to that and just manhandled him, grabbed him by the scruff of the neck, threw him down, then pushed him again before old Jazz Tavanga came flying in with an elbow. But, you know, good to see him stick up for the boys. Yeah, it was great to see old Baby Blues take on the biggest man on the field. And you know what? I think he was actually inspired from Kane Evans last weekend, taking on Crimea River Chambers. Well, now that the first punch has been thrown, it's open season. That's true. That is true. Last three weeks in, are you really going to get suspended for more than three weeks? Maybe early into the season, a few more beers. So I think the punches are going to keep coming flying. What's really getting the guys going is like, who's going to throw the last punch of the season now? Ooh. Once the first one's done and out of the way, it's all about who's going to be the one that finishes the season known as the last fight or the last punch thrown for the season. So I think that's what everyone's uh, amping for. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I completely forgot that uh, the last punch actually applies to BBCC rules. So yeah, dead on, man. That's what it's all about. Kane Evans in the lead at the moment. Oh, oh, oh. I don't mind just as long as it's not the warrior throwing the last punch because that'd get me worried as. But speaking of worried as, Squid, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> <laughs> what keeps me up at night, RJ, is the fact that we are this close to be able to make the eight. 
Now you can't actually see my fingers, but if you could imagine that little emoji where they're basically touching, but not quite, that's how close I think we are to doing it. We've got three games left. We've got the Broncos this week, and then a couple of tougher games of Canberra versus Titans. Now again, we still need to pick up these wins and prove that we actually deserve to be there, because as LJ once said, not sure if it was on the podcast or on a chat, if you don't win the games and have to rely on other people's results, you don't deserve to be there. Yes, not wiser words spoken. I do remember that that was on the podcast, episode 15, I do believe. Well done. That is one of my favorite episodes. Almost like my favorite year in 2004. <laughs> I think that came about after he was about four Koshinados deep. <laughs> so he might have been a little bit influenced there, but you know, we don't hold that against him. I am a wise man when I'm a few Koshinados down. And do you know what else came out of those Koshinados? Figuring out who the Warriors captain should be. And it has to be Josh Curran. Man, he's put in some captain's knocks back to back, week after week. Daisy changed all around. He has really put the team on his shoulders and carried them through. Couldn't agree more, mate. I think Curran is probably my brand new hero. Like, he is the golden boy of my NRL season this year. What a stunner. That headgear as well. Jeez, you can recognize him anywhere in the park. I was going to say, that headgear. Got to get me one. And then when he just whips it off, unveils those beautiful locks, and jeez, what a stunner. I wear the headgear at work and son tries to ask me a tough question, like, strap it up and just fly into the line oh yeah but speaking of my new hero i'm a little bit worried that the old aussie teams are just going to start sniffing around the warriors going hey hey that josh curran he's a bit of a bit of a star isn't he uh can we poach him from you because gee he is uh, an aussie born player and you know what happens to aussie born players who perform in the warriors they go back to the Sharks, I do believe. <laughs> so here's a few stats from his game on the weekend. One try, 175 metres, 43 tackles, three line breaks, four tackle breaks, and one try assist. If you're punching those numbers week in, week out, every team's going to want you in their squad. Come on, Warriors, lock him up. Get him on that long-term contract because, geez, he is going to be a player of the future. Lock him up and throw away the key. We definitely need to throw away the key. Now we go from heroes to zeros. As we turn to Muppet of the Week. NRL Muppet of the Week. Yes, well, this week's Muppet of the Week goes to one of the famed Bulldogs. And uh, of course, it's Trent Barrett we're talking about. So, Trent, in the press conference, he came out defending the head high tackle on Cossie. Um, he even went as far as to say that the try afterwards was legit and the Bulldogs were about to make their giant comeback when all of a sudden that try was disallowed and that cost them the game. So he tried saying that the first, what was it, five minutes of the second half cost the Bulldogs that win, which we all know is absolute bullshit. And uh, there was definite head contact, even to the point where the players should have actually probably got sent off. But uh, what do you boys think of old Trent Barrett's Pretty piss poor words in the press conference. I think he's run out of excuses to say why his team sucks. <laughs> it's really hard at a press conference to come up with a new excuse every week. So he's like, oh, fuck it. I don't reckon it was a head high. Yeah, no, no, just let's complain about that. But every week he has to come to the podium, talk about why his team sucks and why they've spent all this money on being a better team next year to finish 14th. So <laughs> the future's bright, but like not too bright, like a slight dim. I'm not surprised that he's running out of excuses because in the book of NRL excuses for losses, they only allow for 12. And when they're up to 20 losses already this year, he he can't get repetitive because everybody knows the rule book. Um, so he's having to try to come up with his own things on a whim. 
and now he's just making up absolute BS and no one's buying it. <laughs> Although he is Muppet of the Week, I would have to say he is a candidate for the best looking Muppet of the Week that we've had this season because it is undoubtedly that he's up there with the baby blues of uh, the NRL. Yeah. Well, competition is uh, Phil Gould so far <laughs> and uh, Crimea River Chamber. So he's, uh, he's well and truly in the lead there, I reckon. But uh, speaking of good things and beautiful looking things, we've actually got a brand new sponsor of the week this week and we actually have an advert, a paid advertisement. So we're just going to play this quick little uh, audio video and I'll just hit play right now. Wacky Wally's Weird Whistles. Let Wacky Wally help you wet your whistle this weekend with a weird whistle of your own. Don't let the whiffs have all the fun. Why are the whistles weird, you wonder? Because weird's faster. Woot woot. <laughs> oh, <coughs> Rebecca. Um, yeah, there was a great paid advertisement. Our very first. And if your company wants to invest in our uh, audio podcast and send us through an audio message, then uh, please do. It's uh, just going to cost you a bit of cash. But yeah, Wacky Wally's Red Whistles. What do you reckon, boys? Yeah, you're absolutely right there, Coach. Uh, if the punters are willing to pay, we'll play any audio advert that they're willing to send in if the price is right. But for these Wacky Wally's Red Whistles, it's hard to argue because we all know that red is faster. I'm just wondering if they have a racing stripe on, on these Red Whistles. Because surely that'd add a bit more speed too. I also endorse these Red Whistles and believe they are fantastic. Please buy a pack of Wacky Wally's Red Whistles today. Thanks. <laughs> you know, funnily enough, I thought I recognised the branding on these whistles. And Belinda Sharp, the uh, the sexiest ref in the NRL, she actually is sponsored by these uh, fantastic whistles. So, well done, and uh, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Now, boys, antics of the week. Now, we have uh, a fantastic antics this week, and it's all about the Eels. So what has caused the Eels to lose so much? They are on a downward spiral. Squid, what do you reckon? Yeah, so the reason that the Eels keep losing is because King Gutho is starting to want a million dollars per season. So he's trying to affect his gameplay and not pay to the maximum of his abilities and really actually push himself. He's like, I want the money first. Now, the reason that he actually wants the money first is because he's actually bid a few houses on Kosh's wildcard and he's racked <laughs> up a fair amount of debt on uh, cul-de-sac Kosh. So he's um, really got to come up with some way to make up some extra money fast. So he's like, oh, if you want to pay me 750000 then I'll give you a $750,000 performance. So he's really trying to make them pay the money before he actually puts in a star performance and earns it. From what I have heard, he has to pay for houses 1, 3, and 11 on Coach Cul-de-Sac. It's true, true. Yeah, <laughs> very good story. Fantastic. What about you, LJ? What did you hear? Well, there's some superstition, but there's also some planning going into it. So the Eels are so worried about losing in their first round that they're trying to finish sixth so they can get out to the knockout round, take out one of those chump teams who finish seventh or eighth. You know, they need to win their first games in the playoffs so Brad Arthur can keep his job. As well as a special edition, the partners have promised all the players, but only the 17 that make it, not 18th man, that they can all get McDonald's if they win the first playoff game. But no Sundays though, and just combos, and no supersizing. But if they can perform and win game one, then that's what they get. Oh, no Sundays, Jesus. Did Will Hopewadi join the team? Far oh. out. Well, well, my story, I actually heard that uh, it's got to do with King Gutho as well, but more got to do with the rumours about Brad Fittler coming in as coach. They've been floating around this week, which, to be honest, I don't think are too true, but he's been kicking stones and really bringing down the team morale. 
He's literally just cut off his hair to look as close to Brad Arthur as possible. But now if Fiddler comes in, then he's got to grow out the spikes just to be just like Brad Fiddler. So we all know that he likes to brown nose a little bit. So uh, Gutho, mate, settle down. Let's bring the morale back up and start winning some games. Rumour has it that if Gutho actually becomes the head coach of the Eels, that um, Tom Opacek wants to be his assistant. Now that they're best friends again. Well, you can really see when they're playing now that their friendship's really turned from dry to dripping wet. <laughs> now that's enough of that game of eels and ladders because they're just slipping down that ladder. Speaking of the ladder, let's move on to everybody's favourite segment, Ladder Talk. Ladder Talk. So on Ladder Talk this week, boys, one of the Warriors fan pages that I follow, somebody has done the calculations for us, and apparently if the Warriors win by 40 against the Broncos and the Titans lose by 40 against the Melbourne Storm, that would actually put us in the eight come Sunday night, and which would make the last game on Sunday being the Warriors versus the Broncos a real blockbuster. So do you guys see this as actually something that could happen? given the four teams that are involved here. It's definitely something that could happen. I just don't know if it will happen. I think we can lock in the Titans losing by 40. That, that's a sure thing. That's yeah. a gosh damn coach wildcard guarantee right there. But the Warriors beating the Broncos is the, ooh, it's a hard one. It really depends on what Broncos show up. If this were like 12 weeks ago, we might have had a chance. But uh, the Broncos have been playing like maybe 3 out of 10 at the moment, instead of 1 out of 10. So... Yeah, I don't know if that 40 is going to be achievable by the, our current Warriors side. That's actually a good point that you got there, Coach, because if this was Warriors actually 18 years ago in 2002 when they made the grand final, they might have won by 40. But because it's the Warriors of 2021, who the fuck knows which Warriors team's going to turn up? Oh, if it was back then, then we would have won by 40 points just in the last five minutes. <laughs> now, from the middle of the ladder to the absolute bottom of the ladder, I think we can lock in the Bulldogs being the definite wooden spooners this year. I know that they can technically get off the bottom of the rung, but they have to get something like 100 points in the next three games, and then the Broncos getting absolutely zero points. So I don't think it's achievable. So congratulations, Bulldogs. You are 2021 Wooden Spooners. Well done, boys. Well done. Back-to-back -back defending champs. You love to see it. Okay, so let's just quickly crunch some numbers here. They've scored less than 300 points well less actually in 20 games and they need to score about 100 140 points to even compete so i just can't mathematically see how they're going to do that in three games because you're literally asking them to score half of what they've scored in 20 games in three games so i have to say their coach definitely lock them in and they probably deserve to start on about negative 12 points next year as well so you might as well lock in that wooden spoon as well now any bulldogs fans playing at home that does mean that you need to get the bulldogs logo and a wooden spoon tattooed on one of your ankles is it the left or the right there lj uh, left, you know, because you got to keep the right for the championships. Ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So Bulldogs fans out there listening to the podcast, book yourself into the tattoo parlor because you're a guarantee this year for the wooden spoon. Congrats once again. Now, moving on to the games to watch this weekend. And, uh, well, it's got to be that kickoff game. We got the Titans versus the Melbourne Storm. And despite losing Hughes and the Cheese, the Storm are looking absolutely legit. Fuck, they look good. Pappy finally starts back at fullback, Hines to the halves with Munster, and Harry Grant starting hooker. Like, fucking hell, can this team, like, oh my god, they are going to be dangerous. Like, I honestly lost for words for how good these guys are going to be. This is going to be phenomenal. They're going to smoke the Titans. Their reserve 13 could finish in the top eight. 
Like this starting 13 would make in the top eight. 100%. And their bottom 13 would probably be pushing fourth or fifth right now. Like it is insane <laughs> that talent on that roster. Dude, it is insane. There's actually players coming into this team, which we're going to talk about later, who like haven't played NRL in about 20 weeks, but they are going to step up. You can just guarantee it. Bellamy, he's just too good. Like if it was the Storm back 13 or reserve 13, as LJ put them, um, needing 140 odd points in the last three weeks, as a given. 100%. <laughs> They'd be paying a dollar one, and you wouldn't even be worth putting your house on. It's just <laughs> guaranteed money. My favourite part is Heinz gets to show his worth as the half, so the Sharks get to see what they've got, which is better than those four reserve grades they've got at their current halves. Oh, absolutely. Credit to the boys. Now, speaking about the boys, we've got to talk about my boys, the Penrith Panthers. They're up against the Rabbitohs this weekend, so it's second versus third. It's two informed teams, solid defence and solid offence. Fuck, this is going to be an amazing game. We've got Alex Small, Dick Johnston back on the wing. We've got Nathan Cleary back in his number seven jersey. Woo, this game is an NRL fan's dream. It's just matchup or matchup. Gotta love it. Can't wait for it. One thing that I noticed from the Panthers on the weekend is what a difference Cleary just made to this team. Now, he missed about half a dozen games, and his first game back, not only did he perform to the star and the level that we expect him to, but just how everybody around him and on that field picked up another notch. It's like he's been the missing link for this last period, where they're sort of stuttering their way through wins and having a couple of losses, and they're just like, boom, we're back to square one now. Let's go. We're actually here to compete for this championship. It's not the Storm's. Can I just say, I really, really want the Rabbitohs to win, but how good has Brent Naden been ever since he came back? I still scratch my head that he spent, what, like 18 weeks off on the sideline, not even getting named in the side. But ever since he's been back, he's been stepping up. He had a great game on the weekend. Well done. I mean, obviously that all started from his uh, off-season discretion, and we all know who filled his spot, and that was Matty Burton. So that is the reason why he spent so much time off the field. And then it's just been these little bit of changes that have sort of kept him out, I think, as well. So Matt Burton's gone in and out. They've had Momorowski as well. They've got Stephen Crichton. So you've got three quality centres here before Naden even gets mentioned. Crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. What about your game to watch there, Squid? Uh, so obviously my game to watch this week, boys, has got to be the Warriors versus the, the Sharks versus Tigers. Now, <laughs> oh, sorry, carry on. Voldemort's, Voldemort's. Now, if uh, Coach is kicking off the weekend with the first game, I'm going to finish it with the big blockbuster at the back end. Last game of the round, Sunday night, about 6 p.m. NZ time, the Warriors v. the Broncos. Now, we will know enough from here whether the Warriors can actually make it given results prior. But what's really got me excited is a couple of these big boys slapping beef. Now you've got Adam Fanua Blake, Tavita Pangai Jr., couple of the best premier forwards that we have running in this game and who doesn't want to see them go beef to beef well, i was just confused about the kickoff time because i just checked the new zealand clock and it kicks off about six beers past midday for those people who don't know when to tune in oh i was confused as well geez i was, I was about to ask the same question thanks thanks lj but there are new rules though because we are now back into lockdown so that means you can start at 10 so that is now eight beers until kickoff boys woo Gotta love these new drinking rules. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Now moving on to 1v1, boys. And LJ, who have you got? Oh, I've got the battle of the bantamweights. This game is going to be soaking wet like these boys weighing in at 70 kilos. It is Jaden Campbell versus little Pappy himself. 
I am, of course, talking about the little fullbacks. Little mini Preston Campbell's back there again. And Pappenhausen, first game back at fullback starting. Now, let's just hope that Pappy can remember how to play fullback. He's uh, obviously come off the bench, and Hines has done a fantastic job. So hopefully Hines has given him a few pointers and got out the old spreadsheet and dotted those lines, just like the NFL, and shown him how to play again. So well done, Pappy. You've been named back at number one and really looking forward to it. I just got a question for you, LJ, before I move on to my 1v1 here, mate. So is it going to be who is the heaviest dripping wet that's really going to take control of this 1v1 for you? Well, it's a very interesting question. Now, I believe they may put weights in their socks or double sock up, as some would call, to really add to the scales. Maybe some of those cement shoes. Yeah, help them not get stepped on defense, but could go either way at the moment. So yeah, try to add more weight on as you play, which is quite hard. But yeah, that's really who decides who wins. Well, I'll definitely be tuning in to watch that one. Now on to my 1v1, boys. So I'm going with the New South Wales incumbent hooker and possibly future hooker. Now, that is Coruscant and Cook. Now, this also goes back to LJ's game for the Panthers versus Rabbitohs, two versus three. Who wants to take that second place spot for the end of the season? Now, these are probably two of the top four hookers that we have running around at the moment. And they could arguably be the best hooker on their day. So that's what's got me excited. And this 1v1 is just going to be absolutely outstanding. The control will come from them in that ruck. And that will lead who wins the game for me. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this one. I, I do believe that the 17th best hooker in the game, Egan, is actually going to be sidelined to watch these two go at it. 1v1. Love it. Now for me, boys, I've got Luke Thompson versus Clemmer in that game. Uh, this could actually be the new age Spud v. The Chief if they really go hard at it. If Clemmer could bring back his form from a couple of years ago. And Luke Thompson, he is just a tall mother effer. So if these two can just run at each other, just like The Chief and Spud did back in the day, we could actually create some history. Oh, thinking about it now, just licking my lips and putting on about 10 kilos because I am getting dripping wet. What's quite interesting is that rumours are that Clemmer was coming back to the dogs. So this could be vying for that starting prop position. Now you really just got to have that mano versus mano, run it hard, tackle hard kind of game. And might actually make the Bulldogs game worth watching. <laughs> Very true. Might. Very true. I'm still undecided whether I actually watch this one. But uh, either way, this should be a good 1v1 to watch. It'll be a good uh, player cam game if they had these two highlighted and then that's all you'd need to watch. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'd definitely hit the red button for this one. Now to go from a sad game to some sad news, my boy Andrew Fafida. Oh, I know we joke a lot about this, but seeing him go down on Sunday wasn't great. 30 minutes in, he took a forearm to the throat from Clemmer, tried to come back in the second half. He actually had a bit of a runaway, and you could see him, he was a little puffed, got taken down, slammed on the throat, wasn't too malicious, and then was gone. After the game, he started sounding like Lockyer, and they just weren't convinced, and straight away had to go to the doctors, and now coma, then surgery. So hoping the big fella's up and running and, and can hopefully make it out to the games this weekend. Yeah, 100%. Heart goes out to the Fafita family. Uh, yeah, tough one, tough one. He's an absolute legend. Regardless of what you think about Andrew Fafida, he is an absolute legend and a great character for the game. Fingers crossed he can heal up and um, get back on the field. Fingers crossed. The one thing I can appreciate about uh, Andrew Fafida is, you know, he was one of the best players running on the field, but he's always played with his heart on his sleeve, had his own morals and values that he has always done. You know, whether that was representing some of his friends who have done some bad things or whatever, but he's always stuck to true to who he is. And it is very unfortunate when this happens to anybody. But, you know, that's one thing that I sort of respect about him, that he hasn't changed becoming, you know, NRL superstar. 
Now moving on to some good news guys and Chance Nickel Clockstart is back on the field for the Raiders which is some great news. This kid he has had an absolute ripper of the start of the year and um, he deserves great things. He's got a really good personality, a wholesome heart and he deserves to be an absolute superstar being paid all the money in the NRL. So good to see that he's back and I'm looking forward to him really ripping in because the Raiders have needed some X Factor and he's the X Factor that they will absolutely benefit from. So Raiders could be back on the up after this weekend. What do you guys reckon? Absolutely. It's good to have CNK back. I mean, with that neck injury that he had, it was no one knew when he was going to be coming back. So for him to actually finally heal from that and be able to get back on the field and play some 40, do what he loves. Like you say, great character on and off the game. Really good quality player. He's got some massive talent. And it's good for him just to be back out. So I'm happy to see him. And what a week to come back as he goes up against Tommy Turbo, who is hands-on favorite for the Dally M who is making such an impact at fullback, and he has his chance to go one-on-one -on -one with him. Now, Tommy Turbo is breaking the line a lot, so he's going to see a lot of him, so he's really got to find a way to take him down, which is quite weird because he's a very lanky runner, old Tommy Turbo, but yet he seems to break tackles constantly and fends off everybody. He's quite deceptive with his strength, and watching Charles Nickel Clodstar come back and play, I know he'll be wanting to match himself with the best, and especially with them being on the same position, he'll want to see where he's at and where he needs to get to as the difference in his, going to be his first game back to maybe his last game of the season. Now it's time to dust off your wallet, get that credit card out, load up the account, because it is TAB time. Now boys, I've gone for Teapot Moroa. Moiroa. Moiroa. Teapot against the old firm. So it's his first game as a Melbourne Storm versing the Eels. Now I've got him for a meat pie. Surely. He was in insane form at the Eels. Don't know why they let him go. So of course he's going to score against them. And Melbourne are going to put 40 60 on them anyway. Uh, LJ, the Storm are taking on the Titans this weekend, not the Eels, mate. Ah, oh, fuck. Um, uh, sh uh, Josh had a card of score. Squid, what do you got? <laughs> Jeez, LJ, you're really going out on a limb this week, mate. Uh, now you're going to make me sound like a, another bitch because I can't... Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, I can't go Josh out of car because that's too basic. But the guy that I actually had picked is uh, Little Puppy playing his first game at fullback, but I feel like that's the second best option. So, damn it. I feel like we're going to have to have a massive coach's wildcard to really change this one up because we need... That's not going to win the punters any money. Well, I've come out strong this week for Kosher's wild card, and I'm going with Chris fucking Lewis. He is starting at number 13 this week for the first time this season, and God damn it, is he going to bring back the house, a picket fence, a dog, a hot wife, a brand new car, and a whole bunch of other shit that comes with houses these days. Yeah, so get put about 50 bucks on him, and you are gosh damn guaranteed to come away with the best house you've ever seen. Chris fucking Lewis. Lewis, do it. <laughs> We're going to end it right there, folks, because how else could you end it other than that great man? So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram and send through your questions to the NRLback3 at gmail.com. But, guys, fantastic week. Really looking forward to the footy this weekend. And we will see you here next week on the NRL Back 3 podcast. Chris fucking Lewis. Lewis.